Welcome to Rock Content's Jam Session podcast series. In each episode, we sit down and talk with industry experts who share proven marketing strategies, best practices for content, tactical advice, and tales of SaaS and entrepreneurship, and so much more. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another session of our Jam Sessions, a brand new mix of presentations, interviews, and webinars. They're hosted by us at Rock Content and we feature the top marketing and SaaS experts and innovators. We do all of this with one common theme. We aim to provide advice and share trends and best practices on how to master a successful premium content. I'm Vitor Pesanha. I know it's hard to say it in English. You can call me VP. Not my title, but my initials. Co-founder and CMO at Rock Content. And today with me, I have a very special guest. It's Mark Killens. He is VP of Content and Community at Rip. Right. Also, he used to work at HubSpot, spent eight years there, a little over eight years there. And he's the founder of HubSpot Academy, a huge success case. And we're going to talk all about it. So, Mark, welcome and thanks for being here, man. Thank you, VP. No, it's awesome. It's great to be with you. Great to be with everyone listening in. Thank you for tuning in today. This jam session sounds very exciting. Oh, great. Great. You see what the VP part is very drifty, right? Like DC for Dave Cancel, VP. I did it that on purpose. Okay. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, I did a quick intro about yourself. Is there anything else you want to add? No, you did a good intro. For folks that don't know, Drift is a uh, revenue acceleration platform. So what that means is we help uh, businesses use conversational sales and conversational marketing to grow the revenue faster. And we do that in kind of three ways, just to give everyone a quick uh, bit about Drift. We do that by helping marketers personalize the buying experience. So it's um, more dynamic, real time, removing friction for buyers and customers. We help sales teams increase their productivity, connecting with qualified buyers faster and helping those buyers that they're talking to move through the buying process, again, with less friction, a better experience, ultimately making the sales teams win rates, productivity metrics improve because of all of that friction being removed. And then third is just making the customer experience be better overall making it more dynamic, like I said, more personal, more authentic, more conversational, really making it a lot easier to do business uh, with another you know, person out of business that's looking to buy your product offering. So looking forward to talking about how you know, we've done that at Drift with awesome. content. Uh, you know, it's a very transformative type of way to think about marketing and, and sales. So content and educating people, VP, about conversational sales, conversational marketing, revenue acceleration is a very important thing. The same thing we, we saw at HubSpot about inbound marketing and, and how that whole movement came to be. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you about this. Awesome, awesome. Let's go back in time a little bit then. Uh, let's talk about HubSpot Academy because I think like it's a huge success case for me, it's the benchmark in the B2B world when it comes to education. I have to be honest, I was heavily inspired by you when I decided to create something similar to HubSpot Academy in Brazil back in 2015, right? I just followed the same model and it's been a huge success for us in Brazil, not as big as HubSpot Academy, but like I said, educating people for me, it's important. And let's talk a little bit about HubSpot Academy. You created it, right? What was the, the spark? What, what came to your mind saying, you know what, we need to create something like this and why? Yeah, no, I'm happy to tell the story and the lessons learned along the way. So something that 
has been just ingrained into my mind from a very early stage in my career. And in a lot of ways, this was heavily influenced by David Cancel, our CEO, co-founder of Drift, is to get as close to the customer as you can, to put the customer at the center of everything you do. So I was one of the first, you know, thousand businesses. I think I was like 800 or so business to ever use HubSpot at the company I was at. It was a startup before I joined HubSpot, back when the Great Recession was happening, 2008, 2009. So I was using the HubSpot marketing tool. It was like blogging keywords, um, some basic website analytics, some like early on like lead management, lead nurturing type of tool sets at this company. And we saw great success with it. I was a customer. I then decided to join HubSpot because I was like, man, this stuff really does work. This stuff is having a big impact on me. But one of the biggest pains that I felt when I was a customer of HubSpot was the fact that there was limited content and education about how to actually do inbound marketing and how to do it with the HubSpot set of tools. Uh, so when I, I joined HubSpot, I joined, you know, implementation specialist, right? It was someone who helped customers get up to speed with HubSpot over the first like 60 to 90 days. And I decided early on with the help of a couple of other people at, at HubSpot to do an experiment, to try something nights and weekends that was originally called Content Camp. So HubSpot Academy was originally called Content Camp. And it was born out of this idea and experience I had as a customer. So we did about, you know, just under a year and a half of experimentation, building all of this content, building a blog, doing live training, doing video-based training to help HubSpot customers understand the inbound marketing methodology, understand the HubSpot capabilities, understand how to bring those two things together to ultimately get to the desired outcome. And that really was the inspiration for what then became HubSpot Academy. And what you know we realized early on, what I saw was the potential to use this, not just for customer success and customer retention and advocacy type benefits, but to really use this as a way to generate demand, to grow the brand, to generate demand, to turn that demand into revenue. And that's what HubSpot Academy has become. And now we're doing something similar at Drift with what we call Drift Insider. But you know, great content, and we can talk a lot more about this VP, great content should you know, span the entire customer lifecycle and really mm -hmm. help fill the promises you make up front and fulfill them in a way that ideally exceeds people's expectations on the back end. And that's the whole point of HubSpot Academy is to teach people things up front and the same with Drift Insider and then to hopefully get them to some type of purchase decision and then help them be successful with what they just bought. Got it. So yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I think that when you talk about like, because we talk about like how content, and I agree with you, of course, create content throughout the entire journey and it has to be high quality, right? And when you think about the education format, classes, videos, three-hour courses. It can get much higher quality than this, in my, in my opinion, at least in terms of the dedication that you're going to put to create it and whoever watches it for like a few hours, right? Yeah. I think that's really cool. And what do you think is the your most important learnings? Or what did you learn during this time at HubSpot before you moved to Drift and talk about conversational marketing that you carry with you like in your personal and professional life? Like by teaching so many people, what was like the most important lesson or the most important thing that comes to your mind? There's definitely the ultimate lesson, which for a great content marketer to become you know, great or exceptional, it all starts with passion. Like I was, and as you can probably tell, I'm pretty passionate about marketing, about sales. 
And I'm very passionate about helping people succeed now, you know, with Drift's platform. At the time, it was HubSpot's. And that passion can be felt by the person watching the video, going through the class, taking the course. So as you think about your content, I would first judge it on what is the level of conviction and enthusiasm and excitement that person is conveying through a video, through a blog article, through a podcast. It really comes down to that first, you know, kind of level principle. And from there, you know, if you have passion and you are a person who wants to learn a lot more about what you're teaching, what you're writing about, what you're creating content about, which is like this curiosity, you know, gene or this curiosity characteristic of, of who you are, then that's going to feed the content, you know, being better over time, right? Because you're going to want to seek out other people. You're going to want to learn from other places, people, experiences, and feed that into the content and then bring that back to your audience. So it's like a combination of being really passionate and being very curious that can really make your content marketing and your brand building stand out. And I think that's why, you know, that's what Academy has been so successful. That's why Drift and Drift Insider are so successful is because we as people creating content and being what I call content brokers, which means helping other people create content with us that are super passionate about these topics that again, make sense for us to write about, to record about, to chat about with our audience. Those people have this deep passion and expertise that we're helping bring that to others through content marketing. Got it. Would you say that? I would say that like passion brings also like authenticity to the content, right? It doesn't look like marketing jargon or uh, extremely optimized copy so we can improve by cost per click by 1%, something like this, right? It's one of the key things I look for when I hire anyone. It's not just a content marketer, but it's like when I'm hiring someone, I'm looking at like four things in particular, those two, curiosity and passion, I am deeply trying to understand their motivations and how much they care about this thing and how much they're willing to personally invest their time into this thing, whatever this thing is, when I'm trying to bring on a new team member. Awesome, great. And all of that led you to become the VP of content on end community at Drift, right? I would say it's not common to find someone who is both VP of content and community. Is that too much passion? Then you decide to have two ropes or how do they connect, right? I know there's a lot of passion there. I just learned that. But how do they connect for you to be like the VP of both, right? How do you see that as a single thing? Well, it has to do a little bit with how we think about marketing at Drift. You know, we believe that there's a reinvention of marketing happening um, right now. And marketing, this is probably maybe not that new for many people, but marketing should be the ultimate owner, the party responsible for the entire customer experience. So on the Drift marketing team, I oversee the content for the entire customer lifecycle. And that was done by design. You know, we learned from past experiences from other you know, ways you could set up your marketing team that if you have content that's kind of fragmented, then that fragmented content would lead to a somewhat fragmented customer experience, right? So that's one thing. And we have a great director of, of content. Her name is Gail Axelrod, and she oversees that whole thing. And then what we've also learned is like, what is the goal of content? Of course, the goal of content is ultimately to try to, you know, create new revenue and 
and help you retain that revenue, like I talked about before. But it's also about brand building. It's about evoking feelings within people. It's about conveying the soul, you know, the heart and the soul of the business. And what makes up the organizations, you know, I think of it as the mind, right? You have the mind, the heart, and the soul. Like, how can we work in unison? using content as a way to pull people into the brand and get those people to start talking about the thing that we as a business ultimately are here to talk about, which is in our case, revenue acceleration and how to use conversational marketing and sales to help businesses create better customer experiences and accelerate their revenue. So content in that sense, is a fire starter. If you want to think of it like that for the community, it's all these different sparks that happen, right? along the journey of the customer that then spark conversation, right? So like, yeah, yeah. like three C's, it's like content, community, together create conversations. That's why, one of the reasons why I joined Drift, because if you can make an effort to make sure that your content is coming from the voice and the perspective of the people in your community, then you're only gonna have better content. A lot of content marketers, VP, try to like do all the content creation on their own, or they're not really good at like involving others in the content, which I know takes, you know, a comfort level and confidence and it, you know, you just got to start trying it and doing it. But we try to include as many people from our community, our customers, our solution partners, our technology alliance partners, the people that just love drift in our content. And we can talk mm -hmm. more about that. But like fundamentally, the, the two go together. You know, it's all about like what you're trying to get people to believe in at the end of the day, you know, and content is a spark. It is. And like you said, and, and now it comes down to your brand, right? So your brand is your identity that's built through content. And I would say like I've been following Drift for a while. And I, the person who made me like bring this spark of branding back to me because I, I'm a traditional internet marketer, numbers, 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 was Dave Pierre when he was at Drift. Right, a few years ago, he used to talk a lot. He still talks a lot about branding, right? Yeah, yeah. So, one, one question there How do you measure your success by doing this? Because I think that's a common doubt of people where you're not in the PPC trenches where it's easy to attribute ROI to less touch point in conversation. How do you attribute success to what you do? So, there's um, four marketing leaders at Drift there's myself, okay. there's Pete Adams, who runs Demand Gen. There's Julie Hogan who runs customer marketing. And then there's Xavier who runs product marketing. And my goals, we all have goals. My goals are about engagement, engagement with our content, engagement with the community. So let me give you an example. Uh, I'll give you the community example first, then the content example and how that translates down into Kate's goals. So we have just done our last rev growth event for 2020. It's our big virtual event. We did four of them in 2020 you can find all of the content inside of our learning community called drift insider it's like a master class for sales and marketing professionals so drift insider but we did rare growth and my my ultimate goal which jana our director of events is responsible for is to drive registration you know, we had a big registration goal. We had over 7,000 people register. We crushed the goal. That goal, though, is in service of what we call our interested person goal. Think of it as your marketing qualified lead. So the main gen team, in partnership with us, 
work together to get the right people to the event as well. It's not just about how many people you can get to the event, but it's about the quality and, the, and how qualified those people are to potentially buy Drift. So we work together to set that goal. So it's kind of like high level engagement from a community standpoint, in this case, an event, registered attendees, down to MQLs, which ultimately we're, we're both judged on pipeline and the revenue that comes from that pipeline. So that's how we structure it, say, as a community type event. Uh, you know, I could explain the same thing for social. On the content side, Gail has goals like number of newsletter subscribers, number of blog subscribers, right? Podcast engagement. Uh, specifically, the one big one is Drift Insider. So how many Drift Insider members are we signing up? And how many of those Drift Insider members, which is, again, it's a free learning community, free content platform, that you can sign up for right now, but how many of those Drift Insider members fit into our definition of what is a qualified lead? What is a interested person? You know, so what? how many of those fit into our ideal customer profile, right? It's at a high level, like we have this ideal customer profile, how many, you know, match to that? And then how many become on a monthly basis a qualified lead? That's then Kate's goal. That's like, you know, Kate's goal is to create qualified leads, turn them into, you know, discovery meetings, turn them into pipeline. So it's, it's very much a, a symbiotic, you know, partnership here. We're like, we got to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help Kate and her team hit their goals, which ultimately leads to pipeline, which is our ultimate goal. And then you know, with that, we have to also consider to make sure we're always growing the top of the funnel so that in future, you know, quarters and years that we have more people becoming aware understanding what drift is becoming aware of the brand being interested in the brand kind of like your journey vp with the brand right starting <laughs> yeah. then right maybe it started there i don't know but you know coming in and engaging and then over time potentially getting more involved into the ecosystem potentially buying drift awesome yeah so and like talking about my journey no it started way before hyper growth and i would say and i cannot have a conversation with someone from drift's marketing department without talking about podcast my journey with Drift as a brand, of course, besides when we launched PR, et cetera, is mostly through podcasts, right? So Ooh. when they cancel, created like it's Seeking Wisdom, right? So I listened to a lot of those. And then Dave Geha with Marketing Speak, et cetera. And I was, I'm a podcast addict. I love the format. And I cannot interview someone from Drift without talking about podcasts, right? And it just mentioned, right? So we measure interest people. And then I just remember that I learned about it and by listening to one of your podcasts, but I can't remember who was it. It was someone from your marketing team mm. who was saying, you know what? We cannot forget that we're always talking to people. And if we call them like just MQLs, it sounds like very cold, right? No, it's interest people, right? It's someone on the other side of that screen over here. That's a person who's interested in you. So let's talk a little bit about podcast because in my opinion you have mastered it right you have what five different podcasts now if i'm not wrong yep so how does that work and why do you have five podcasts it's a great question i actually just did this is kind of meta i did a podcast about our podcasts with a company called uh, casted c-a-s-t-e-d casted uh, with Lindsay, their CEO, and I go a lot more into this. The high level reason is um, at the end of the day, it's about community building, learning, mm -hmm. and brand building to some degree. Uh, it's, okay. it's a collection of all those things, right? So I can unpack each thing, but a podcast is such a great way to learn, number one, more about something and learn more about your audience and reach an audience 
over time, right? Because like you can listen to podcasts, and I'm sure you've done it, especially like you said, if you're really into podcasts, you listen yeah. to podcasts that were recorded, that were, you know, that were published six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. It's a great like history of your content. And you can have a podcast that's more top of the funnel related to your audience and the pillar topics you want to talk about. You could have a podcast that's more, you know, middle to bottom of the funnel, talking a little bit more about your particular solution, you know, your particular view of how you want to maybe help your customers be successful. It can really be so dynamic in the sense of the people you bring onto the podcast will help you learn about so many different things, which then will help make your content and podcast better. It all those starts though with all of our shows with the right host and that host has got to be passionate and curious about what they are talking about the show that they're producing like we have amazing show hosts to matt to sean to trisha to dc and adam like these people love what they are sharing with the world they love what they're talking about they are super curious about it they take the time to plan out the podcast. They are very deliberate in thinking about how can I make this podcast better? For example, in 2021, we're going to make all of our podcasts video-based probably. Every single mm -hmm. one have a video show to go along with it, right? And you can use this to reach someone who would know nothing about revenue acceleration or conversational marketing or sales, but someone who's just interested in, like you said, learning more about like the new way to think about the marketing funnel be introduced to the Drift brand and say, oh man, wait a minute, what is this Drift thing? I just learned so much stuff from this 30 minute conversation, this 30 minute podcast, I'm gonna go check out Drift. Yes, it's hard to measure, right? So you, yeah. but if you're smart, you would reuse the podcast content. You would publish yeah. clips to YouTube. You would embed audio clips into the blog. We did a book, for example. We have a, a, a CMO secrets digital book. It was created basically from all of the CMO conversations we've had on our different podcast shows. So like, and that's like a lead back net, right? That's going to create um, interest on the lead side. So if you consider your podcast as this cornerstone content asset and you care about it to the level that like, I'm hopefully conveying through this video right now, there is so much you can do with it from a content perspective. You can do things on LinkedIn with it. You can do things on Facebook with it, on Twitter. Like, it's just a matter of your imagination, you know, coming to life. But it all starts with having a great host that's passionate and curious. A curiosity, because you know, for me to find out that you had five podcasts, I went to your website. In my mind, it was more. I don't know because I've always seen drift podcasts around because of what you just said, right? The operations guy at Rock Content, he loves chance podcast right and he's like all, all the time sharing and I was like how does that work like if you want to have a podcast at great i feel that you just go to dc and say hey man i have an idea and then okay if you're good at it you can do it right it kind of happened like that so it was before i joined it was i think it was probably then two and a half maybe three years ago i believe dave gerhardt otherwise known as dv he and, and dc decided to open up the, the podcast uh, shows what's possible with our podcast shows for the entire company, right? At that time, it was very much just like you were saying, Seeking Wisdom, our flagship uh, podcast hosted by DC and, and Adam right now, who's our VP of product strategy. And like I said, we're going to open up uh, an application process to the entire company. Who wants to host a show? Who wants to help us reach more people? Who wants to help us be the number one B2B brand, B2B business in podcasting and that's how that's happened and maggie sean were selected and they have just been doing a 
absolutely fantastic job from day one. Like it's incredible. I keep oversimplifying it. So it's passion and they're doing the job they're talking about on their podcast, right? Matt Bellotti, he's in product. He's talking about growth. He's had a background in product-led growth. He focuses on that at Drift. We got Maggie, who is an exceptional product manager, product leader, right? She's talking about that aspect of the whole side of our business. And then you got Sean on the operation side, right? So yeah. it seems easy and it's not. You can ask any of those hosts. It's not easy, but they make it seem easy because they, they love it so much. If it seems easy, it means that someone rehearsed a lot before. Right, and, and did a lot of research. We're turning this into a podcast, right? And that's where we get most exposure, right? That, that will be a, a podcast. And for me, podcast is the ultimate brand building channel because at least in the US, the, the average is, but that's what the research says. Podcast listener will listen to six hours of podcast a week. And then you think about, hey, it's someone who subscribed it to you. So no algorithms stopping them from getting your latest episode. And they're going to listen to you for one hour. 40 minutes because they're interested in what you have to say. There's no, nothing better than this for brand building except a TV show or a huge film. We're not Lego, right? We have the Lego film. What better content marketing than this? But yeah, for us, podcast was pretty well. Can I make a point? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Something to consider though, because I think your statistic, like six hours, you know, people are listening to podcasts. That is something to consider though, as it relates to the pandemic. What we've seen is people's habits and routines have changed. I'm sure your has, you know, your routine and habits have, mine has. So it goes back to how you just said, we're going to be using this on our podcast. I love it. You're reusing, repackaging this content. That is what I think you should be doing with your podcast shows though. Now more than ever, you should be using all of this great content that you might do first from a podcast first delivery mechanism and then get it out to other channels in other content formats because yes people still might be listening to podcasts some people might be listening more some people might be listening less but their habits around other forms of content mediums probably have changed in some way as well so if you can use your all of this great content and messaging and perspective you get from your podcast shows in other places the chance that you don't miss anyone and you grow your audience especially in today's world is going to go up so I just think that just when you think about our habits and routines, because I used to listen to podcasts all the time on my way in and out of the city, you're commuting. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't do not do that. I do listen to less podcasts. I have to admit. Oh, yeah. So yeah, me too. I have to ride a bike. I have to ride a bike around the block to listen to podcasts. So there you go. Like, so yours is a little bit different. Like I actually do more reading now and I do more consumption of email newsletters and I do more discreet video watching on platforms like YouTube. So my habits have changed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it had effect as all. That's true. Uh, okay, so let's go into the conversational marketing because that's also that I'm really, really passionate about and you did pretty well. That's category creation, right? No one was talking about conversational marketing before. So you did introduce it very briefly at the beginning, what conversational marketing is. But can you recap like the very short sentence, like your short definition for conversational marketing, your pitch? Yeah, well, I can give you the short, quick pitch. Conversational marketing was created by Drift. It was created over five years ago. And, you know, at the high level, Drift's mission is to transform how businesses buy from businesses. That's what we're trying to do. And why are we trying to do that? Well, there's a number of reasons. One is the way in which we 
buy things and communicate with one another today has changed dramatically over the last two decades, three decades. This is really spurred on because of the rise of the commercial internet, the rise of the cloud, you know, all of these things that have changed us as people, forget like the business context, but as people, we now use digital communication channels more than ever. It's like, like VP, how many messaging services, things like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, Slack, how many messaging services do you use every day, do you think? I would say, uh, well, Slack and WhatsApp for sure. So that's two and then Messenger. But it's like three or four. Yeah, three. Yeah. Three or four though. And yeah. how many times a day, if you add up all of those times you use those services, do you use them? Hundreds, right? Yeah, right. I don't count. I mean, if you're counting Slack, I mean, <laughs> it's impossible. Right? Yeah, it's hundreds, right? How many times a day do yeah. you pick up the phone or make a phone call? Oh, no, I'm afraid of that, right? So it would be like once a day, maybe. <laughs> so like, right, like we, that's completely changed. Right. Yeah, the true. rise of messaging, and I would even argue you probably use more messaging services or checking your messaging platforms services more than email. That's true. I also have a very strict email diet, right? So, yeah. My point is the ways in which we communicate with each other and like create a relationship, build a relationship, grow a relationship has just changed. The way we communicate with our families, our friends, businesses though haven't changed fast enough. So we believe that the primary forms of communication, messaging probably being the most dominant now, along with email, video, and voice still, there's still voice, right? Mm -hmm. Are what make up a business's ability to turn someone who's, you know, should be a customer, that's interested in being a customer, into becoming a successful customer. And so those are the channels we're helping people use when we think about conversational marketing from like, a channel, you know, kind of standpoint, like what are the common ways in which we communicate as people? Businesses though, still typically have a process that involves a very not real time, slow, impersonal way to communicate with their customers, right? You can think of it as the website's pretty static. You have to fill out a form for almost anything, fill out a form for yeah. a content, to sign up for a webinar, to sign up for an event, to uh, get in touch with sales to contact support, that one might be changing faster than any of them, but like, it's still a very one way yeah. <laughs> kind of experience, right? So with conversational marketing, like we're trying to change that, but I think bigger than conversational marketing VP, it's conversational sales at the end of the day, because what we believe has also happened, if you take a look at this from more of a, a holistic business perspective, we believe that marketing, the discipline of marketing has changed as well a lot in the last several, several decades. Before the rise of the internet, it was really like the brand era, right? That was mass media. That was TV, print, radio, you know, display ads, not digital display ads, but like, you know, ads that you side of the highway, right? All, that's the ways businesses marketed to people. It was very much mass media. Now, in, you know, because of the commercial internet, we entered this era called like, we think of it as like the demand gen era. That was the rise of the CMO. That was the rise of being able to measure marketing other than just reach and eyeballs and that type of stuff. You could measure people thanks to the digitalization of our lives, but also of how we interact with brands and businesses. We could measure things through the tools that the cloud created for us as marketers, right? So marketing automation, CRM, email marketing, right? 
And that introduced some new channels, of course, right? I just mentioned email marketing, but it, it allowed us to change how we measured the impact we as a marketer was having on revenue, right? Because in the brand era, it was really like chief brand officers. Then in the demand gen era, the rise of the CMO, the chief marketing officer, the performance-based marketing officer really came to life. Now we believe we're in the revenue era. And what was the trigger for that? The mm-hmm. trigger for the revenue era is the pandemic, right? Like revenue yeah. is more important than ever for a business. You need to make sure that you are retaining as much revenue as you can increasing the customer lifetime value of your customers, but also are generating revenue in the best possible way to sustain your business's growth and health and long-term success, right? In the revenue era, everything's gone from being, you know, digital was kind of an option. Like companies could, you know, have a website, of course, but they really didn't need to focus too much on the website if they didn't want to. It's like, ah, you know, it's a website. We've got content, we've got some content maybe. It's kind of static. We don't update it that much. No, no, the website now is your store. Like it's digital only or digital first. So my point of all this is to say every business, no matter how big or small it is, has to change. I'll give you an example. I have an amazing high quality grocery store. You know, it's a small local community grocery store called Joppa, J-O-P-P-A. It's named for this title flat. It's called Joppa Flats. It's like a title thing right outside my house actually along this river that runs into the ocean. So it's named after this thing that's named after for something else probably. But anyway, it's a fine food grocery store. I could never buy anything from this grocery store online up until recently. I had to go into the store. They had none of their products online. I had to go and find everything. Now, through the digitalization of their business, I can buy all of my groceries, place an order, know exactly when it's going to be ready. I get a message, text message, when it's ready, walk on down, pick it up, and it's done, right? Seamless, right? And so like, if small businesses like that are having to digitally transform and communicate with people through email and messaging and make it easy to buy, every business has to change, right? So that's okay. what marketing and sales is trying to do. And from a business standpoint, you know, if you're thinking about a considered type purchase, a purchase like um, buying a new piece of exercise equipment, if you're trying to buy a new thing for your business, a new piece of software or you know, new office space, whatever it might be, you probably want to talk to someone. So we are enabling real-time connection between someone who's interested in talking to someone and that person at that business that can help them buy and are doing it in a way that accelerates the sales cycle, helps you generate more revenue, helps you learn more about that person because we have all of this rich history about that person and their digital you know, interactions. I would call them like their footprints, their fingerprints around the internet, right? We can help you understand all that and help you sell in a more effective manner. So that was kind of a long way to, to explain it all, but I thought I would frame it for you, you know? I know, I know. And I'm just make a, a remark here. Like, you know what you said about passion? I could feel it this now, right? We were just talking like, that's how we help, right? So that's what we're bringing to the table. And that's how we make business better. I, I love it. In the way, like, it just kept talking, not a problem at all. I just said that that's passion. Yeah, and going back to the revenue part, you guys are not talking about revenue acceleration, right? So it has to do with what you just said, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically conversational marketing will drive revenue acceleration. What does acceleration mean in that case? Let's be more specific. It's a good question because 
Revenue acceleration is an outcome. So when you think about this new category we've created and this platform that we've built, the Drift Revenue Acceleration Platform, it's an outcome I think most businesses VP would want to get to, right? (laughs) Very few businesses don't want more revenue faster, right? Even if you're only growing, you need to grow like 5% year over year, you still want more revenue. You probably want that growth faster. Who's going to argue with that? So what we said is there are two, we believe, this is again in our belief system, we believe there are two ways a business can achieve that outcome, can get to that outcome. And we believe it's done through conversational sales and conversational marketing. Conversational marketing, simply put, to answer your kind of question from five minutes ago, marketers today should be starting conversations with more and more people. Starting more conversations using a chatbot, live chat, email, video, voice. It doesn't really matter those, like those channels, but like a marketer should be about starting a conversation with someone sales, conversational sales is about having the conversation. How do we help sales have more productive, more beneficial conversations for both the buyer, the customer and the seller, right? So it's about mm-hmm. starting and having more conversations. Cause at the end of the day, what McKinsey says, and McKinsey has recently, they're amazing overall, but McKinsey has recently shared a lot of new data about what's been going on post COVID from a B2B standpoint. They say buyers, B2B buyers value three things, transparency, expertise, and speed. How does that mean? Like you need to be trusted. You need to be helpful. You need to be fast. And we believe that if you're staying with the status quo and you're not transforming your marketing to be a digital first citizen of the customer experience, you're not going to be able to be fast. You're going to have you know points of friction, slowness that makes people kind of be turned off or that go to a competitor, right? It's not going to help you sell. It's not going to help you accelerate revenue. If you're not helpful, if you're not answering or providing some way to, for someone to get an answer or to connect with a human in a fast way, that's not going to be good, right? And like most websites are not designed to do that, right? And most salespeople, by the way, need more information to be more helpful. They need more of those like journeys that happen before someone talks to the sales team. Because at the end of the day, people are buying a lot before they end up talking to someone on the sales team. They're going through their buying journey, but now they're like 70% done, 80% done, and they want to talk to someone on the sales team. So how can the salesperson use all that, right? To be more helpful. And then how to be more trusted, how to be more transparent. Well, that's through the power of conversation and relationship building, right? Like the way you're more trusted and transparent is by being open with all of your content, not gating your content, sharing mm-hmm. what you can, having podcasts, having all these things, right? And then you may, using that to start conversations, to spark conversations. In this case with the sales team, but like we talked about before, it could also be with the community. I'm going to spark a conversation within our community because you just wrote this awesome thought leadership piece of content and that made me think of something and I want to ask someone else about that. So at the end of the day, if like if you can focus on those three pillars, like how to be more transparent, helpful and fast, you're going to win. You're going to create a better experience that is going to be a differentiator for your business because your business is probably competing with someone or something. And how do you stand out? You stand out through your content, you stand out through the experience and conversational sales and marketing are amazing solutions to help you build better experiences. Yeah, no, I, I would say that for the traditional digital marketer, when you say ungate the content, everything say, okay, that's kind of scary, right? <laughs> 
going to talk about the traditional demand side of things. Okay, so now we bring like revenue acceleration. Of course, it's not something that you've created, right? I don't think so. I heard about that before, if I'm not wrong. But you bring that to the conversation, right? When you're marketing. And you created the conversational marketing, a category from a content standpoint, because we have a lot of content marketers in our audience, right? And most of them are more traditional in the sense of, hey, we're still learning what the conversational marketing of things. But from the content standpoint, when you talk about like creating a new category and maintaining this new category, being the leader of a new category and changing the conversation, like you said, to accelerate revenue, for example, is it very different in terms of the work you got to do, the content you got to create from the traditional, hey, here's a funnel content marketing approach or not? It's quite similar, but with different channels and tools. <laughs> As it was a big question. I mean, I could talk about this for like two hours, so I'm going to try to yeah. do my <laughs> We did the same thing my past company, right, with HubSpot, inbound marketing. The framework that we use, and it comes from Steve Jobs. Uh, so read Steve Jobs' book, like How to Be a Great Storyteller. It's five pieces. It's like story, problem, solution, evidence, proof, and then call to action. And there's different levels of storytelling you have to do, though, right? You, you, when you're telling a story to a broad audience versus telling a story to a specific audience, you're going to change how you tell that category story and the content you create based off of the audience. So you always start with the who, but at a high level, when you're creating a new category, you have to typically talk about the old way, new way, the enemy, mm -hmm. the hero, right? There has to be some type of change. And typically it's a change that is happening in the world that you're not like influencing in a direct way. If you listen back 15 minutes ago, maybe 10 minutes ago, I kind of did that when I was explaining conversational marketing and sales and revenue acceleration. Right? There was these changes that are happening, both on the, on the consumer side and on the marketing and sales side. So you need to talk about that and you need to talk about that a lot. Say that over and over again. Like You will feel as a content marketer, as, as, as anyone at your company, that you're like just repeating yourself all the time. And it's like, why am I keep saying the same thing? But like, I guarantee you, that's not going to be the case for the other person you're talking to. That's a good one. Right? Like to create a category, to be the leader, to own it, it's going to take five, 10 years to do that, right? So we still have a long way to go. And, and what we need to do is continue to talk about the why revenue acceleration matters why this matters. We need to talk a lot more about how it actually works, which is conversational marketing and sales. And we need to talk a lot more about what is the best platform to use with the how conversational marketing and sales to get to the why revenue acceleration. And that's drift. So if you break it down using one of my favorite frameworks, my favorite mental models, which can be applied to almost anything in life, why, how, what, then it makes a lot of sense. But then like you have to tell the story of the why, you have to tell the story of the how, you have to tell the story for the what, and you need to tell that story at different levels of altitude, depending on who you're talking to. So that's how I kind of think about it. And like, that was like a two and a half minute answer. That was perfect. So yeah, we're almost at the end. So one final question, any advice for marketers or anyone else who wants to do what you do, learn more, what would you suggest? Partial, I'm going to first, of course, mention again, Drift Insider. Of course. 40,000 members. It's completely free. Awesome. It's, awesome. A, it's, it's a masterclass-like experience for sales and marketers. It's online, you know, learning community and content platform. And then if you also, of course, we talked about Spot Academy. I think that's also very good. The team there is amazing. They're doing great things. Both are free. Check out Drift Insider first, if you don't mind. 
But uh, <laughs> love your feedback on it, number one. Like, just give me your feedback. Tell me what could be better. Tell us what content is missing that you want to see in it. We have certification courses about conversational marketing, about conversational sales that you can take for free. But at the end of the day, like, just always be learning. Like, that's my CTA for all of us. Like, never stop learning. If you do that, everything that's going to be okay. Everything will work itself out. That's what I believe, at least. Okay. So, and before we have one question here, I'm going to ask you by Pete. He's asking, how do you keep up to date in your field? I think he's asking, what you, you already mentioned that you read a lot of posts and newsletters and books, but do you have anyone to recommend? Actually, the way I'm going to answer that question is by doing the work. I think they, they could hopefully vouch for me. I create a lot of content. I've written two books this year. I help out with a lot of content. I create a lot of content for LinkedIn. I do a lot of these types of things. Don't just read and watch which is good. You can do that, which I do. I definitely do that. But I think, especially if you're in content marketing, especially if you're a content marketing leader, community leader, you need to be active. You need to be doing it. And that's how you learn that, you know, bar none, you can forget what you learn, but you can't forget what you understand. How do you understand something? You either do it or you teach it. Yes. Writing for me is the best exercise that is. You start like, I understand this. Let me write about it. And when you're like halfway there, it's like, I don't understand that at all. I'll have to go back and like think better, but that's how, how you learn, right? Yeah. So that's amazing. So talk about writing. How can people reach you, find you on the internet? Mark? Uh, just Google my name. Just Google, just Google your K-I-L-E-N-S. Yeah, You'll see me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Drift. Man. Just Google my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best answer. I mean, that still doesn't work quite well for me in the U.S., But that's what I say in Brazil, just Google my name. If, it, I mean, if you can't do this, the little C, the CG on my last name, but okay. So Mark, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun, very insightful, real pleasure. Thank you for finding time to talk to us, okay? And last word before we close it up. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I loved it, VP. Can't wait to see how you uh, reuse all this content and folks wishing you uh -huh. All the best in 2021. Happy holidays. And uh, if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out to me. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Rock Content's Jam Session podcast series. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to receive our latest episodes. We'll see you next week.